Hi everyone, Melody Moore here with The Daily Emerald bringing you the fourth episode of our new monthly podcast series that gets you caught up on some of our top stories of the month. On October 1st, the Emerald staff reported their top destinations in Eugene. With social distancing guidelines mandatory, many of our favorite Eugene destinations are back in business. Best Restaurant went to Beer Garden, Best Movie Theater went to Broadway Metro, Best Thrift Store went to Eugene Jeans, and Best Bar went to Runny's Landing. On October 5th, the Emerald reported that COVID-19 is affecting the 2021-2022 track and field season as the University of Oregon was looking forward to the opening of a brand new Hayward Field in the 2020 Olympic Trials. In March, the International Olympic Committee announced its decision to postpone the 2020 Olympic Games and later decided to push it back until July 2021. For the athletes and Eugene community, this meant waiting another year to watch some of the world's best track and field athletes compete for a spot on the U.S. Olympic team. On October 5th, the Emerald reported that three activists wrapped a chain around their necks and secured themselves to the front doors of Johnson Hall. On October 4th, the activists said their short-term goal was to be granted a meeting with University of Oregon President Michael Schill. Additionally, they called for UO to disarm its police department, divest from fossil fuels, and democratize the board of trustees. Though no one group claimed responsibility for planning the protest, it was promoted by Disarm UO, the BIPOC Liberation Collective, and Sunrise Eugene. On October 9th, the Emerald reported that on Monday, October 5th, after spending the entire night in front of the doors of Johnson Hall, the activists awoke to around 40 people gathered around to hear their demands. Just before 3 p.m., UO President Michael Schill arrived at Johnson Hall and spoke to the chained demonstrators. Within 20 minutes, he had left, but not without telling the activists to be safe. At 7.15 p.m., a protester recounted the brief meeting with President Schill and said they scheduled a full meeting with him that was to occur week three of fall term. On October 12th, the Emerald reported that third-year advertising student Eduardo Olivares, a recipient of the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, wants to be a resource for other Dreamer students at the University of Oregon. As a first-generation college student, Olivares credits his school teachers for providing resources and support that helped him apply for college. As a DACA recipient, Olivares says he is only able to plan his life two years ahead. Who knows, maybe next year my permit gets taken away, he said. It's crazy how much our future is really at stake, he said. Olivares says he recommends Dreamer students find a mentor during their time at the university. He is currently on the Dreamer's Student Advisory Board, which aims to break down barriers for them when asking for resources or other help. To learn more, please visit our site. On October 13th, the Daily Emerald reported that the University of Oregon's winter term will be primarily remote, with the exception of a few in-person classes. This came in an announcement Tuesday morning from President Michael Schill and Provost Patrick Phillips. We made this decision based on our careful monitoring of COVID-19 indicators and prevalence in Lane County and across Oregon, Phillips and Schill said. 
As has been the case throughout the pandemic, the health and safety of the entire UO community remains our top priority, they said. The university will release the winter term class schedule November 16th. On October 15th, the Emerald reported that according to the university, there had been 121 new cases of COVID-19 among students and employees. As of then, individuals between the ages of 21 and 30 accounted for the highest number of COVID-19 cases in Lane County, which then totaled at 426 confirmed cases. On October 19th, the Emerald reported that beloved UO biologist Jeff McKnight died six months after being diagnosed with cancer. Known for his quirky sense of style and love for his kids, his death has deeply saddened the UO community. Students who worked with McKnight in his lab reflected on their experiences fondly, noting the googly eyes plastered to every piece of lab equipment and how McKnight often rode his scooter around the lab. To honor the compassion McKnight showed his students, the Institute of Molecular Biology established the Jeff McKnight Memorial Fund, which will be used to recognize and support graduate students demonstrating resilience in the face of challenge, according to the IMB website. For more stories about McKnight, please visit our article on our site. On October 22nd, the Emerald reported that due to the pandemic, the University of Oregon is implementing a tuition freeze program that automatically applies to first-year students. The program commits to a locked cost in tuition for up to five years and offers a sense of financial predictability, says Vice President for Student Services and Enrollment Management Roger Thompson. The university created this program to eliminate surprise tuition increases for up to five years, according to the Oregon Guarantee website. Housing and health insurance are not included in the Oregon Guarantee. On October 27th, the Emerald reported that Oregon football head coach Mario Cristobal announced that the five positive COVID-19 tests reported that past Friday were found to be false positives. The team was forced to shut down facilities and cancel their scrimmage that past Saturday under the assumption that the five tests were positive. It's that kind of year. You have to adapt and move on, head coach Mario Cristobal said. The team will resume normal operations in hopes that they will remain safe and healthy before taking on the Stanford Cardinal on November 7th to kick off the season. On October 28th, the Emerald reported that Oregon Governor Kate Brown extended Oregon's state of emergency declaration until January 2nd due to the continuous rise of COVID-19 cases. Extending the COVID-19 state of emergency is not something I do lightly, but we know all too well that not taking action would mean an even greater loss of life, Brown said. Extending the state of emergency allows Brown to maintain the executive orders she's already put in place, including orders regarding child care, schools, and higher education operations, according to the State of Oregon Newsroom. To prevent another rise in COVID-19 cases, Brown requested that Oregonians adapt their Halloween celebrations to follow OHA guidelines. Specifically, she requested that they avoid door-to-door trick-or-treating, as well as parties and crowded festivals. 
On October 29th, the Emerald reported that the University of Oregon, Oregon State University, and Lane County Public Health are partnering to bring OSU's community testing strategy to Eugene, according to representatives during LCPH's COVID-19 press conference that Thursday. Trace Community Eugene will occur on November 7th and 8th. Stephen Clark, OSU's Vice President of University Relations and Marketing, said 30 teams will work in 30 neighborhoods in the Eugene area. Trained students from UO and OSU, researchers and health professionals randomly select houses and neighborhoods, going door to door and asking for voluntary COVID-19 test samples from residents, Clark said. The testing is designed to provide prevalence estimates within Oregon communities, he said. The testing strategy hopes to gather as many as 600 samples in those two days, he said. The teams will work in accordance with guidelines from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the Food and Drug Administration, Oregon Health Authority, and LCPH. Clark urged citizens to participate in trace community testing because it gives people a chance to do something about the spread of the coronavirus. It also helps not only inform people of their own health, but of the health of their community, he said. On Thursday, October 29th, BU returned to University Park protesting the death of Marcellus Stanett, a young black man killed by a police officer in Waukegan, Illinois, on October 20th. A group of about 30 to 40 people gathered and began to march through the streets adjacent to UO around 7.30 p.m. At around 9.30 p.m., the march made its way back to University Park and ended. On October 30th, later updated on November 1st, the Emerald reported that Oregon Governor Kate Brown, joined by representatives from the Oregon Health Authority and the Oregon Department of Education, announced protocols and guidelines for reopening select Oregon schools in a press conference that Friday morning. The protocols and guidelines entitled Ready Schools, Safe Learners provide general metrics that will determine which schools can reopen and what they need to do to stay that way. Under Ready Schools, Safe Learners, counties with 30,000 people or more will need to have 50 or less cases per 100,000 people to open all grade levels. At that time, approximately 130,000 Oregon students would be able to return to in-person learning under those guidelines. Brown said doctors have advised her zero risk is not the way forward minimized risk is. She also acknowledged the record high 600 new COVID-19 cases the day before. ODE representative Colt Gill stressed the consequences of students partaking in distance learning, including students who rely on the free and reduced lunch meal plans, missing meals without access to that program from home. ODE also worries the lack of mandatory reporting that schools provide will result in an increase of unnoticed child abuse. Gill says the Oregon government is asking every Oregonian to prioritize our kids right now and reflect on their own behaviors around COVID. COVID-19. Also, on October 30th, the Emerald reported that as of Thursday evening, COVID-19 cases in Lane County totaled 2,467, with 148 being infectious and 15 hospitalized, according to data from Lane County Public Health. 
There was one new death since that last week, bringing the total to 27. Lane County's COVID-19 alert level remained at high, meaning that there were increases in cases and community spread, according to LCPH. Lane County remained on Governor Kate Brown's COVID-19 county watch list. For current coronavirus news, please visit websites from Lane County Public Health and Oregon Health Authority and coronavirus.uoregon.org. That's it for this episode. Please visit our website to stay up to date with our latest news, videos, and podcasts, and follow us on social media at Daily Emerald to stay connected. Thank you for listening. I'm Melody Moore, and now you're caught up for the month of October with the Daily Emerald.